Uh, welcome back to Sports Dribble Podcast, uh, powered by Sports Rewind Digital. I'm joined with BJ today. No day today, mate. Bit of spicy cough. Doesn't want to share it with our listeners. Oof, poor bugger. I hope he's doing all right. hope he's uh, listening to this podcast and making him feel better. Mate, I hope he's staying hydrated. That's all I can say. Yeah. You know? A few, few rums will uh, sort that spicy cough out, I reckon. For sure. Mate, anything uh, on for the week? What's been going on? Uh, mate, I, I actually went down on, on the weekend to uh, the Blue Sox versus Cav. Cavs yeah. in uh, the ABL. Spent yeah. the weekend in Sydney. Got a couple of games in Saturday night. Unfortunately, the wet weather stopped game four on the Sunday, but uh, it was uh, it was a good weekend for the liver. Yep. Um, a couple of late nights there and one or two ales. Um, and then this week, hung out a little bit with you. Yeah. At the uh, Summer Sizzler, yeah. under, under 14s up here in Newcastle. Yeah, we'll touch on that a bit later because it's um, probably going to be a segment of its own. Yeah, what about yourself, mate? Mate, just that and, uh, yeah, chasing the kids around. Same old, same old. Not much else for me this week, mate. It's been flat out with uh, video and at the Summer Sizzler and, yeah, it's been good fun. Hey, let's get into some tidbits so we can get this week's um, guest on. This week's guest is, uh, you know, someone that the kids have all sort of looked up to in baseball and um, had the chance to play with him a few times and play against him. He's he's a pretty pretty good competitor, so we'll get him on in a second. To be honest, though, there's probably not a lot of kids looking up at him anyway. They're probably looking down. Come on, mate. Come on. <laughs> no more short jokes, all right? <laughs> Right, kick us off with some tidbits, Randall. I've got I've got two, but I want you to start. I know you got some good stuff. Yeah, I've got a couple. Um, all baseball related. A lot of that stuff's been popping up. I think people are getting keen again. Uh, Tony Gwynn played for twenty years and struck out three times in a game, only once. One game in twenty years where he had three strikeouts. That's unreal. How many blokes have that a week? At the moment, you know, more than that a week. So it's a pretty good one. I thought that was that was unreal. Um, still on that on the same bloke, Tony Gwynn. Best career batting average in a two strike count. So from nineteen eighty eight to two thousand and twenty two, you had some good names in there. Rounding out the bottom in number six was Ichiro Suzuki with two fifty three. But you jump up towards the top in second place, Wade Boggs. Hitting 262, not too bad in two strike counts over that over that period. But Tony Gwynn, he hit 302 career with in two strike counts. That's unbelievable. Unreal, isn't it? Man, it's 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 amazing. It's, it's a dying art in baseball, I think, in the major league. Um, but you know, hopefully, some of that can come back when the shift goes. Yeah. Another one for all those. Uh, Avid Oakland A's supporters. I, I know we have got some, and I will give you a shout-out, Shorty. You let me know on the weekend that you do listen every week while you're uh, driving the big rig around. So, mate, I hope this one uh, makes you feel better. Oakland A's payroll two decades ago, in 2002, was $39.7 million. Last year, in 2022, their payroll was only... 29.3 million in 20 years their payroll has gone down what's that 10 10.4 million dollars mate don't 
Don't worry about inflation. <laughs> Tell you what, these blokes have got nothing. You obviously haven't seen Moneyball, Randall. Oh, obviously not. I tell you what, they're not winning those. So. No, definitely not. <clears throat> yeah, mate, I got a couple what couple for you as well. Baseball one. Uh Bobby Cox has the most career manager ejections in the history of Major League Baseball. Cox was ejected one hundred and sixty-two times in his managerial career. Nice was all, a, whole, a whole season. Yeah. It was always <laughs> good to see him blow up though. Oh, he he had a good blow up too. Like watching Al Parrot blow up. <laughs> it was always good value. Yeah, yep. Definitely always get your good. money's worth there. What about uh, this one from the NFL? The four highest paid quarterbacks all missed the playoffs. Rogers, 50 million. Wilson, 49. Watson, 46 mil. And Murray, 46 mil. All uh, having a bit of a rest while, while the others play. Yep, no good, is it? Yeah, not much good, mate. And I've got one more for you. I'm just trying to find it. Uh, here it is, Brock Purdy. Uh, when Brock Purdy visited Alabama, Nick Saban said to him, you're below average in height, your arm strength is whatever, your accuracy is average. Today, well, yesterday, Brock Purdy will become the first quarterback in the seventh round to start in the divisional round. Anything is possible. That's Absolutely it. love that. Yep, me too. Never stop dreaming. Absolutely love it. So they always say, don't they? Hard work, hard work beats uh, talent any day. We've seen lots of uh, kids putting in the hard yards over this uh, sort of weekend at this um, summer sizzler as well. It's been good to watch. But let's get our uh, our guest on, mate. Sounds good. Bring him in. Hopefully, he's had enough cheese and biscuits in the green room. Here he comes now. Now, our guest on the weekend uh, played in his last ABL game uh, of his career. Welcome, Trent. Okay, hey, boys. Mate. How you going? Yeah, not too bad. Back to the real world. Back yeah. to the real world, mate. You got yeah. the good send-off on uh, Saturday, mate, and uh, yeah, now back to work. That's it, mate. That's it. I will say, mate, it was good to see it. As disappointing as it was to see the washout on the Sunday and sit around in the stand drinking beers until 4 p.m. before driving back to Newcastle. It was uh, terrible. Oh, mate, it was horrible watching you blokes down there playing cricket and whatnot in the dugout, sitting up there in the rain. It was terrible. But um, it was good to see you, mate, finish finish on a hit. I would have been yeah. dever if you had to come out, you know, game four and gone over three with three, punch, <laughs> three punches or something. It would have been well, brutal. It, it, it would have been worse because they um, – the social media team for the Blue Sox, they were doing, they had a bunch of things ready to go and they showed me the line a couple of days before and my career batting average was at 249. And I was like, I did the math a little bit. And I was like, oh, I need two hits. Anyway, so <laughs> it sort of worked out that when I got that hit the first time, it pushed it back to 250 even. So Perfect, uh, I'm done. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so the rain, even, even the rain out on Sunday kind of helped me because if I go over that day, it probably ruins it again. So. Yeah, that's it. Mate, I'm I'm glad for you. You didn't get that Sunday in finish on that high. Um, but as BJ said, bit of a shame for the Cavs fans to finish like that, sort of yeah. not getting their chance to compete for it. But you know they could have done a little bit more during the year to not be in that position as well. So yeah, I guess all That's teams right. could have done that, and we didn't want to. Like we wanted to play. Like it's yeah. only fair to play and and go out there. And if they beat us, you know they deserve to go through. And uh, if we beat them, then 
you know, then they can say, oh, yeah, we got beat on the day and maybe we should have done more during the year. But, you know, Blue Sox as a team, we we had the same thing. We lost a whole bunch of close games during the year and we could have been in exactly the same seat. And, uh, yeah, it wouldn't have, been, wouldn't have felt real nice for the rain to end your year like that. Yeah. Mate, pretty big career in the ABL. Um, I know lots of kids sort of looked up to you. and um, look, look down, mate, you, you guys. <laughs> well, I, I look up to him. <laughs> no, that's not hard. Be one of only a few. <laughs> no, pl- plenty of kids, mate. Obviously, you know you've inspired a lot of kids um, along the way, and it's it's really great to see you uh, in the Blue Sox uniform for it was ten years, wasn't it? That you played, or is it was it eleven? Since since the insurgence of the new ABL, so 2010, 2011 was the first year. So what's that oh, for? More twelve years. Congratulations, yeah. mate. Yeah. So what was it officially? Three ninety-four games. Three ninety-four. Three games. I didn't even honestly. I didn't even know how many. I didn't know I was up for the record until a couple of weeks before, and everyone's like, "Oh, you." I think I think it was Tommy West from Queensland message, and was like, "Hey, you broke the record. You break the record tomorrow." And I'm like, "What record?" Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, apparently passed uh, Sand and um, and yeah, I guess we were counting counting them all from there. Yeah. Awesome, mate. Let's um let's start back at I guess the start of your career, um when you're a junior. How how did you get involved with baseball? I didn't get much choice to be honest. Though dad played, uh, as you know, mum played softball. My grandfather played and coached both baseball and softball. Uh, my sister was a state softballer. So yeah, they the the whole the story that mum and dad and everybody used to say was, you know, I was born wearing a catcher's mask. So, you know, and I was always, apparently I was always harassing people to, you know, to throw the ball to me so I could hit it or play catch or whatever. My first game of T-ball, I think I was two and a half, three. Uh, I don't know if you remember the old style tees where they had the, the black, the black pipe that come out of the center. They used to have to take that out. So it was low enough so I could hit it. Uh, there's a pretty, <laughs> a pretty cute photo looking back where, it was one of my first uniforms. Uh, I was playing for the Berkeley Eagles, you know, the the knee-high pants and and whatnot, and I'm swinging at a ball. And the hat was too big that it had come down over my face, and I couldn't see what I was doing. <laughs> so, yeah, so three three born into it, uh, played for Berkeley Eagles as a junior, uh, then switched over to Dapto, and around the same time I started playing in Sydney as well for Canterbury. Yep. Um yeah, made the move there to just to essentially get more baseball in and play for New South Wales country for the first time when I was 14. I think that was the year 2000. Yep. Um, then played for City from from there on. So two years of under 16s, two years around 18s with City. And I, Hutto, correct me if I'm wrong, you were in my first Claxton Shield team. No, nah, mate, not me. Nah. nah. I could have sworn you were with the Australian Provincial in 2003. Uh, you know what? It might have been 2003. Yeah. yeah. 2003 was my first year as a 17-year-old. There you go. It probably was. Yeah. And there it was, was with, uh, It was Alan Parrott was a coach, right? <laughs> we're just talking about Alan Parrott. <laughs> <laughs> we had uh, one of our tidbits there. was about uh, Bobby Cox getting ejected 162 times in his career, and, uh, <laughs> and Al Parrott used to blow up a bit. <laughs> he had Al, a good Al had, a, 
Al had finesse on how he used to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there's plenty of good years with, uh, you know, New South Wales Country Baseball. And we're actually talking about it a bit today. Um, we've been over at uh, the Summer Sizzler and talking. I don't even know the bloke's name. Uh, we're talking, he, he played a bit in Germany and um, we're talking about some old school baseball and there were plenty of names getting thrown around there that, you know, early 2000s, it was it was pretty good to sort of reminisce. Yeah, Australian provincial trips sounded fun back then. Yeah, they sure were. They sure were. Yeah, so you played a bit with uh, New South Wales country um, and then obviously, yeah, moved on to bigger and better things. Um but as a junior, I guess progressing through, um, that's what we had back then. It was sort of like you'd play for Illawarra or then you went on to um, City. But obviously play for Illawarra and then get selected in the New South Wales country team and then go further on into the Australian teams and things like that. Um, as a junior, were you always interested in trying to get that next level? Um was it always your goal to, you know, play overseas or what were, what were you always thinking as a kid? Um, I always, honestly, I was always around baseball as a kid with dad coaching and whatnot. So I any team that he coached on, I was a bat boy. Uh, so I was always kind of submerged in it. Um, you know, I'd be in the garage, I'd throw a tennis ball against the wall and, and swing a bat and, you know, basically play tennis up against a brick wall. Uh, one of those times with dad's car parked next to it and didn't end so well, but that's, that's another story. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, not too many people know this, but when I was a kid, I, I was a pretty chubby kid. I actually weighed more pretty much the same or a little bit more at a, the age of 10, 12 than I do right now. So, you know, I remember specifically remember a conversation with dad when I was about, probably 14 because I would play soccer in the winter and play baseball in the summer. And it was probably around then where we had conversations like, look, um, we need to decide whether we're going to really chase baseball or you're just going to do it for fun. And I mean, it's always been fun. Don't get me wrong, but we really, it was probably around there, 14, 15, where I was first in New South Wales Institute of Sport with Andre D. Uh, Deschardins and the dude, as they call him, uh, he was, and that was probably the first point where it changed. So in the first probably 12 months of being in New South Wales Institute of Sport, you know, after being told at 12, 13 that I wasn't an athlete and I was never going to do anything in baseball. And to make that prediction uh, like of any kid at that age is just, for me, it's just ludicrous. But I guess it kind of motivated me in the back of my mind, but, you know, we, we made that choice and training three days a week during the winter with, with Andre at New South Wales. We had access to, to gym programs. It was very old school, not what it is today. Um, I talk about this with guys all the time. Like I can only imagine growing up uh, with the technology and the information and the stuff that we have today would just be absolutely awesome. Uh, Timmy, Timmy Atherton and I were like, can you imagine if we could still – go to the gym and play baseball as like that was our living like that was our the first and foremost things in our life not having to go to work and pay bills and then try and do baseball as a hobby and compete on the international stage at the same time so 
yeah, back then, you know, and within a year, two years, I took two and a half seconds off my 60-yard sprint time. I got myself in incredible shape. Uh, nationals completely changed for me. I become a completely different baseball player. And and from there, I guess that kind of determination is what is what created the player that I am now. Like the not giving up. The like I'm not. I never gave anybody an inch, and, and I try not to give out bats away. I mean, I'm sure I did in the past, and I've had some brain explosions like everybody does. And it's just, just a you know, it's just part of baseball. But but yeah, I guess around 15. You know, dad, dad and I kind of had a really serious conversation in the car on the way to practice one day, and the rest is history. Beautiful, mate. Awesome. We we did just talk about that exact thing, mate, didn't we, Hutto? Um, we just said, you know, that hard work always beats that natural ability at some point. You can never – hard work can never be understated. Yeah. I've seen – I've had the privilege of playing – so much baseball and I've seen like I got to go to America for a while and and you do you see it you see talented like ridiculously talented and gifted guys that just honestly they take it for granted like and then you look around at the guys like me who are on the fringe who literally had to compete every day to make sure that we stayed there tomorrow and you just wish that you could you know, you wish you could give it, give them some of that because you know that if they had that, that they'd be like incredible. Yeah, absolute superstars. Yeah, so let's talk about your time in America. I think it was two thousand and five. Um, I think you were picked up by Florida, wasn't it? Yeah, two thousand and five. Uh, so two thousand and four, I was at Australian Academy. Yep. Um, which again, an an amazing program. We're lucky. I was there for the fir- very first four years of that. That was, for people that don't know about that, that was basically like a spring training kind of setup, college setup for guys between the ages of 15 to pretty sure it was like 22, 23. Uh, anybody that was on the radar to sign or junior national kind of team. So we would go away for eight weeks to Palmetto's on Gold Coast, uh, you know, staying at four and a half star hotel and the baseball field was walking distance away. We were fed three times a day and we had to study at night. If you're in high school, uh, even if you weren't, I think we had to do training courses and different stuff like that. So we kind of got a a small uh, example of what it would be like before I went away. And then, yeah, my first year, uh, 2005, um, with the Marlins straight out of spring training. So I didn't go to – instructs or anything halfway through the year before I was literally in the deep end and away I go. Yeah. Uh, you played a few years over there, mate. I think it was a couple of years over there playing different levels, A ball and, and double A. I guess uh, what was your experience like over there? How different was it to playing in Australia? Oh, completely different to being here. Completely different to being here. And for me, so much fun. Like my, I was really lucky. My first year, uh, we had a manager in, uh, in extended spring training. So like rookie ball, waiting for the the draft halfway through the year, and then they would split rookie ball and the Gulf Coast League. All the short season A season would start about just after the draft. Um, so we had Mike Mordecai as our manager, and for whatever reason, Morty 
liked the way that I played and I actually got to skip uh, rookie ball, which is really fun to miss uh, midday games for an entire year in Florida in 110 degree heat. I uh, got to go to short season. I wasn't there for very long either. I was there for about three and a half weeks and then moved to low A to finish out my first year and had a really, really good first year. I was super lucky. Um, ended up going next year, 2006. I think I repeated in low A, went to Greensboro. Greensboro is beautiful. Still have friends there that I talk to. And uh, when I'm there, I'll go and visit. And then 2008, I was in high A back in Florida, Roger Dean. Yep. And then, unfortunately, 2008, sorry, 2007, I was in high A. 2008, I got released out of spring training on the last day of cuts and uh, never found a team had to come up. Was there any indication in that spring training that you were going home or was it just <laughs> that last day? Yeah. Gone. See you later. That's just- Catches are weird. So obviously then he catches around for, for bullpens and people, a lot of people don't really understand that like it's actually a business. So yeah, players a lot of the time, especially minor league players, they are, they are part of, you know, a larger business and that's just how it is. And you can either let that get to you and how you perform, or you can just go out there and do what you have to do and let it take care of itself. Um, I was, I had had a really, really good spring training that year. Uh, I'd been working out with double A team. Uh, I hit and I was catching really well, uh, blocking really well. And I was actually out in the morning for early work. Uh, so I was in full uniform, which is kind of not how the Marlins used to do it back then. They used to try and get you on the way in. Uh, if, if you were going to be, if you were going to have the talk. Yep. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I was out there and our catching coordinator come and got me and, you know, I was just like, hey, what's up? And he's like, no, no, bring your bag. And I just went, uh, yeah, great. And with where it was at, like, the timing at the end of end of spring training, everybody had filled their spots and visas were taken up. And so two weeks went by and they had to, like, I had to get on a plane and come on, fortunately. So, so when you say there were those two different types of people, one that thought, you know, yep, this is a business and the other ones that can be pretty salty and all that sort of stuff, which were you? I just played, honestly. I just played. I was yep. happy. I was always, I was never a starting starting role player. I was a backup kind of guy. Um, so it didn't really bother me. And I guess I, to a certain point, I understood it. And I was like, whatever. Like, if you... I guess if you complain and you question why you're not playing and how the business works, uh, you know, why this guy gets to move up and why this guy released, like, it's really, honestly, it's really not that hard to figure out when you look at the draft or look at that person and how much they sign for. Um, like, take, take me, for example, I was basically the same as one guy. Uh, we put up similar numbers the year before. He was one maybe two years younger than me but he signed for 300 grand and i signed for seven so when you have one spot to put one of those two players in you're going to protect your investment like it's simple simple math so you can't get really bitter at that you just got to be better i guess and hope that somebody else you know saw you play liked you play and you get picked up with them yeah i think that's a pretty good attitude eh? and 
credit to yourself and the person you are too, mate. Like that's yeah, hard as it could be. You know, that that's what you that's want it. to do. That's your dream. But that's you know, it. That's it. I guess the most frustrating part for me was the year before. I guess I was in high A. I uh, broke with the high A team out of spring training, but I was immediately put on the disabled list. So, well, the injury list, they call it. Um, so I was essentially phantom injury. I wasn't hurt. Uh, they were just trying to decide or they had a spot trying to pick, you know, decide on a couple of different people. So for the first month and a half, two months of my 2007 season in high A, I was literally just a bullpen catcher. I traveled with the team, did everything with the team, had to show up on time. Uh, I wasn't hurt. I took BP. Uh, and then eventually one of the catchers got hurt and I got activated immediately. So I sat there in limbo wondering, you know, what's going on? Like, am I actually going to get released? What's happening? Um, I had a really good year that year. I think I had my best year average-wise. Um, yeah, just the day I got activated just happened to, come out and the guy we were facing that day was the minor league pitcher of the year. So that was a lot of fun. <laughs> Just <laughs> two, two months without a proper at bat. All right, here you go. Here you go. So. And how was, uh, did you have any in your organization, any uh, big leaguers now that were sort of floating around with you? Floating around with me. Any, uh, big, any big names? Uh, Chris Coughlin. I played with Chris Coughlin. Uh, I don't know if you remember the slide where he went over the top of Yardi. That's Chris Coughlin, played with him. Um, there's been a few guys that had uh, that were up there for a while. Chris Volstad was a pitcher for the Cubs for a while in the Marlins. Gary, uh, Gabby Sanchez, he played in the big leagues. Uh, Brett Hayes played in the big leagues. Brad Davis played in the big leagues. They were two catches that I caught behind. Um Nobody that really stuck there, I don't think. Guys that had great careers. Um, guys that were in the big leagues when I got there, though, were like uh, Miguel Cabrera. Miggy, yep. Yeah, he was one of, one of the big ones. D-Train was there, which was really cool. I got I got a chance to catch uh, – not catch, but, uh, take batting practice with, with D. I was just sitting there watching, as I usually would. Like, if the big league guys were hitting and the coaches were out there, I'd get as close as I could. Uh, and just listen in and watch and just try to be a sponge and uh, learn something because, I mean, you can do it as many times as you like and you can hear it as many times as you like, but sometimes it takes someone saying something a particular way for you to for yeah. you to get it. So I would literally just sit around and watch these guys just in awe that could hit and the sound, there's something completely different with the ball coming off their bat. And D could hit for a pitcher. He was a pretty damn good hitter. Um, and he invited me in. He's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Just watching, man. It's cool." He's like, "Get a bat, come hit." Like, I need to rest anyway, so come hit. So that was cool getting to get to hit with him and you know watch Miggy and those guys kind of walk in and out of the plate. I got to catch a bullpen for for Al Lighter. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, that was really cool. Really cool. Probably could have caught that blindfolded. It was that good. <laughs> um. He would like move me. He's like, all right, fastball away, and I'd set up. He's like, oh, give me about another inch, and I'd move. And he'd like literally just <laughs> roll back. So that was really cool. So I got to hang out. I did get a couple of days where I went to big league camp and just caught bullpens for for pitches and stuff like yep. that. So pretty awesome to to be a part of. What about uh, you, you speak of the likes of all those guys catching? Is there any other? Who would you say was your favorite uh, pitcher to catch it 
in a in a real game. In a real game, Australia or overseas. Oh, who's my favorite catch here? Oh, Jay there's, 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 <laughs> there's a few. There's a few. It's funny. I had caught to Hutter. It's not that big of feet, mate. Because so have I. <laughs> he didn't have to catch many, mate. The hitters, hitters caught a lot of them. That's yeah, that's yeah. right. That's if they go past the bat. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a bunch of guys in Australia like Ando, you know, straight away. Ando <laughs> was an absolute. He was a gentleman and a craftsman, so he was a lot of fun because you could really think and you know, confuse and frustrate frustrator with Ando. Some hitters. Um, Tim Cox was unbelievable. Probably one of the most talented left-handed pitchers I think I've ever seen. I uh, got to catch Welchie. Uh, then there's uh, uh, Joshy Guyer, who's an absolute workhorse and threw an absolute gem on Sunday. Um, he's probably one of my favorite to to work with. Just guys that um, you know, guys that you can you can mess around with. Like it's not too serious, but as soon as they get on the mound, it's something else. Like they lock in, and you can see. In their eyes and in their demeanor, that the that it's completely different once the game starts. Yeah. What about um, coaches or managers? Who are some of the better managers that you've um, sort of played under, uh, whether it be overseas or in Australia? I played honestly. I played under a lot. Um, you know, Th and and Deeds. They're probably two two really fun guys to be under in that whole whole coaching stuff. There, Dave Nelson is. Is a completely different guy, and but also just as good at um, you know at what he sees. And I, I talk about being able to see the matrix of baseball, and there's certain people that can look at it in a certain way, and only they see it that way. But it works out. So, um, you know, I've been lucky enough to be around those teams. You know, play my part, play the role, and have some success in it. Uh, Mike Mordecai. When my first year in minor leagues and Edwin Rodriguez were two probably the most fun people uh, to be under. Morty was such a real, real person. Uh, I guess he had a lot of fun. I'm not sure whether Morty continued to coach after that year, but I'm pretty sure the deal that year was he had a certain amount of days because he was playing the year before. So he had a certain amount of days to get his pension. So his 10 or 12-year pension in big leagues. So the deal was coach for the first part of the year. And then when they expand the rosters in September, he'd go up and get his, uh, get his qualification for his pension, which is really cool, really classy by Florida. And, but yeah, he had, he had a lot of fun. And he, uh, he was, he was real. If you did something good, he, he would absolutely celebrate that. And if you were, if you were an idiot, then, then you knew about it from Morty. So don't miss curfew. All that kind of stuff. It was. It was really. My first year was really, really a lot of fun. What What about hitter wise? You know, being behind the sticks there. Um, who was probably the hardest hitter oh. for you to, uh, you know, to work around or or to work over? Like, you know, we all know that the catcher catchers control the game. It's all. It's all you guys. Yeah, but no, it's um, just a suggestion. Just a suggestion. Just a suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> who Who is the hardest bloke you reckon to? To throw to. Oh, there's been so many. Um, you know, Bossy Monroe is a pretty, pretty tough guy to pitch to because, you know, if you make a mistake, Bossy's going to be sitting there uh, waiting for you. David Candalis, you know, the guys that have the ability to set hit, uh, set pitches up and 
you know, almost lure you into throwing a certain pitch at a certain time. Uh, in the States, I played against the whole, I played against Ryan Braun, uh, Andrew McCutcheon, you know, and seeing those guys swing like just unbelievable amounts of bat speed. Uh, yeah, played against, played against a bunch of guys that, you know, honestly, they were, were really hard to get out. And, um, but yeah, they're probably more of the guy, Timmy, Timmy Canelli. Uh, believe it or not, Timmy Atherton is actually a incredibly good hitter. He originally right. signed as he originally signed as a hitter before he started as a pitcher. Um, he's got some pretty good, pretty good power. He still hits in the local league down here. Pretty much wins the batting title every year. So, so what's next for you, mate? Uh, playing some state league or having a I'm rest gonna, from that? I'm going to finish our state league this year. Um, you know, do the right thing with Canterbury and and see all those guys and and then I don't know people people have been asking me that for since I uh, since I announced it. Um, I guess the first thing I'm going to do is is finish all the open projects I've got around my house. <laughs> <laughs> now that I have some time to do them, yeah, um, they never end, mate. It doesn't matter. Oh, I know, I know. I have a list. And I seem to add to the list more than I take off it. Um, but yeah, I guess. I don't know. I've always seen myself being involved in baseball. I don't think I'm going anywhere as far as baseball is always going to be a part of my life uh, in, in some shape or form. I'd love to, to maybe coach or manage one day. Um, whatever. I haven't really, really thought about it. There's a lot of avenues out there. I have a lot of ideas um, to maybe, you know, to help improve or, you know, just get us back to, or try and combine, I guess, with what we have now to what we used to have. Um, I think the the Australian Academy sort of set up where we have somewhere for for these kids to go because we have so much talent, so much young talent at the moment uh, in Australia that are either getting ready to go to college, getting ready to go to pro ball, or they're at college uh, getting ready to either sign and do something there or come home and continue their baseball career or something. And we just need an avenue for all those kids to to go to and not just improve their baseball game, but I guess improve their life skills and their employability if if that's something that they want to cross. Um, so so yeah, kind of like not just the managing um, managing goal, but maybe maybe something a little bit more to to really affect uh, how you know some people's lives uh, for the future and for the good. Awesome, mate. Sounds really good. Obviously, junior baseball, uh, I know junior baseball up here and down the coast is sort of dwindling away wherever uh, BJ's young bloke went to the under-12s and it was Illawarra and Newcastle. That was it for the country carnival. We used to go to country championships and you'd have the likes of Tamworth and Port Macquarie and North Coast and, you know, Central Coast, Illawarra, all of them. And um, it was a pretty sad weekend when you when you go away for the country carnival and you rock up in in the under twelves. You know your your lifeblood and you've got Newcastle playing Illawarra for seven games over three days and it's like no, oh. yeah. And and then you had the quality too was so so much different. You know, Illawarra, were, these kids were coming out hitting doubles, double plays. Newcastle kids were just, oh, for lack of a better term, making up numbers almost. You know. They were there just trying to get some experience. 
So it was. Yeah, unfortunately, fortunately, junior numbers, especially like in country areas, are, are falling. We, you know, we have so much to compete with as far as football and cricket and AFL and all sport, all the mainstream sports in Australia now that you know they have the funding and they want to be present in people's people's lives. As far as like, if you you turn on a TV or you see an advertisement anywhere really uh, for that sport, I think it's something that. Uh, we as a sport need to get better at. Um, I know Willow and those guys, they absolutely work their tails off and yeah. they have all these plans in play and they're doing what they can. Um, I don't know what the solution is, uh, but it's definitely an avenue that we have to we have to cross. We need to be, you know, we need to be find a way to be in people's faces uh, year round, not just when the ABL's here or you know, even when the ABL is here do do be so much more present and uh, and just loud, I guess, and try to get these mainstream sports on on board uh, or behind our backs. You know, we're not going to really – we're not taking funding from anybody. I don't think we're going to affect their numbers, but um, I think a relationship between everybody is definitely something that could help everybody improve at a base level. And it starts at the top and, and it will filter down. And it, and it has to happen that way. We, I don't think we can start – uh, at the bottom and, and and be not as great at the top if we want people to continue to to go. I think we have to be better here and then have it spread down the filter bottom. filter down then. But, you know, especially now, like obviously when we were all a lot younger, um, you know, the, the the pathways that are out there now and avenues to get to the states, like there's just way everywhere, better. you know. Way better, way more. And yet we have less and less numbers in juniors. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a, you know, million dollar question, isn't it? Where do you go? Yeah. But, you know, if someone can crack that, that, just get something started, it'd be amazing just to, yeah, get, yeah, the, get Olymp- the game out there. The Olympics and COVID has definitely, <clears throat> definitely put us back. Like missing, missing the opportunity to go to the last Olympics, and now it won't be in France. So that affects. What people don't understand that affects like government funding huge, yep. huge because we're not a continuing sport in in that format. We um yeah basically we just we we get cut off. Uh, softball will feel the effects as well. So you know things things like that that are out of our control that affect that affect what happens as well and and make it hard. But there are some really good people out there uh, who have been investing in the game for a very long time that really are the reason why we are in the position we are even in right now and have an opportunity to make these adjustments. So, you know, it's full credit to them. Yeah, I, I agree, mate. Um, this year the ABL had uh, the on-demand app so people can watch online. I thought that was a really good touch. Um, and broadcasting with, uh, you know, the American – who was it? The uh, American Association. Yeah, the, the affiliated with those guys. Um, yeah. I think that's a big step. Um, a lot of people sort of were bagging the way it was sort of handed out earlier on. Obviously, there's plenty of people going to bag stuff, but I really thought that was a really good step forward uh, for the ABL um, to sort of showcase what we had. And we had a cracking season, mate. Like, from a spectator's point of view, there was a lot of good pitching, a lot of good hitting. It was really good to watch. Um, We sort of watched... I sort of watch a lot of Cavs games with Boss and Cambo sort of being involved um, with that. But 
I really enjoyed watching Auckland this year. I don't know why, what what the attraction was there for me, but I don't know. The pitching was really good. I just enjoyed watching their games. It was, you know, it was good to have that app, I guess, and for people to be able to watch. Yeah, yeah. Auckland's going to be Auckland's going to be an interesting one for the finals. Um, don't don't be too surprised if they uh, if they manage to get themselves past the first round. They're uh, they're a team that's really designed for being at home, and they were really successful at home. Uh, Mincy does a hell of a job of putting putting a, a roster together, and and full credit to them. Their association is amazing, and get behind him and and give him pretty much free reign. Um, they were a really tough opponent this year, uh, and they have the hardest out of anybody because they have the furthest to travel, no yeah. matter where they're going. So it's a really interesting dynamic and tough dynamic for those guys. And for them to be there at the end of the year is is pretty pretty amazing considering what they have to go through for the whole year. Yeah. Um, there's a lot, a lot of talent. We keep, we're getting so much talent that are coming back. We're getting more and more guys, and every year it's getting better and better and better. Um, the better the teams do, the more exposure that we get, it's going to continue to increase that talent. Yeah. Uh, I think there is a balance, especially if we want to take care of, uh, take care of it. If we want our national program and our guys to be, to be in the Australian baseball league for, you know, the name is what it is. And we need to have Australian based players there. Um, So there, there is a balance on demand was amazing. Like, it's it's a, such a cool initiative, and you're always unfortunately going to have keyboard warriors that hide behind you know fake profiles and feel that they can say whatever they want, whenever they want, about whatever they want. Um, it's the first year they rolled it out, so obviously, and of course, like anything else, there's going to be teething issues and technical difficulties and whatever. Um, but I think you know that's something that they're going to be working on during the off season. So come next year, I think it it'll be way you know, way better than what it already was. And just even just for like how I would use it personally, like I'd go back and watch at bats and like that saves so much, so much time. Like I could be like right now, I could, I could get offline with you folks and go and have a look at at bats that I had during the year and figure out how I got myself out <laughs> um, or what pitch was thrown, where they're trying to pitch me. So it's, it's a way more valuable re- uh, resource than a lot of people people realize it is yeah for sure now let's talk uh about the blue Sox, mate um what's the story you had a bit of an affiliation with the pirates this year wasn't it um will that continue to grow are you do you, do you know if the guys are going to sort of expand out to any other teams and affiliate with any other teams or are you going to stay with um, the i'm not really i didn't really get too involved with the um behind the scenes stuff for for Sox this year. I um I knew we had the affiliate there and you know, depending on who you talk to, you hear different things. I hope that we keep our relationship with the Pirates. I think it's something that's that's really good. I think each team should have, you know, have some sort of relationship with with multiple teams. Yeah. Uh to be honest. And um the Pirates are definitely a good one. They have a really good minor league system. Uh the guys that we got were awesome. Um it's really hard to ask uh, it's really hard to ask a bunch of guys to come in uh, and play on a team where they don't know anybody, but everybody that they're meeting has known each other for, for years. 
So it's hard to, it's a really interesting dynamic to come in and, and be part of that. And we were lucky to have some guys that had played together with each other for a couple of years in the minor leagues and then come out and be here. And they really just slotted in. Like they're a great bunch of kids. Um, and that's the crazy part. Like the oldest guy that we got was, was 23. And, you know, we had two, we had a 20 year old, 19 year old, 21 year old. You know? So these are, these are still kids that are, that are learning their, their game, learning baseball. And, you know, you, you have those things during the year. So it's not like you have, you know, five, 10 year veterans of, of minor league or major league baseball out there that, that know the ins and outs and what's to do. So going to have, you're going to have a lot of similar guys and you're going to make a lot of what, what normal mistakes for, for their age. So it's really fun to watch them. And we actually, you know, you get a chance to teach them something while they're here. And it's really fun when you see them, see something really click for them while they're here and, and they have a good time and, you know, they end up walking in three, four months, they end up walking away with friends that they're going to have for the rest of their life. For sure. Do you reckon we'll see um, many more like, I guess, like Josh Reddick come over sort of end of their careers and have a season in the sun? Do you think we'll see much more of that or? I hope so. I hope so. I, you know, I might get off offline with you guys and, uh, and, maybe send Hoss a message and just be like, Hey, I know you're not anywhere near the end of your career right now, but if you ever want to spend a, a summer in Australia again, just, just let us know. We, you know, we, there's so much talent and I guess it's a, it's a good effective, you know, when we have guys that are successful, then the, the olive branch goes out and you have these relationships with people that you have in minor leagues. And then it's kind of like bringing you know, you play with that guy and you're still friends like hey come play out here and so we have those connections and the more talented that we get at a base level and junior level and all these guys that play together in college and then go on to play this and that and they have these relationships then we can attract these guys in different ways not just based on you know the credibility or level of the league or it being so far away or whatever so that was something that i thought was really cool by perth to bring bring josh in and they've done it before with a couple of guys um delman young a few years back delman young with melbourne you know brisbane you know they've got they keep having tj bennett come back and you know why not 17 homers later yeah um you know in tj is such an awesome guy and his dad's really cool and part of the Australian program. So we, you know, the more relationships that we can create, the better it's going to be for the ABL. For sure. For sure. All right, mate. Congratulations on a great career. Uh, it's been a pleasure playing against or playing with you a few times and, and definitely uh, yelling some abuse from the sidelines. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's always been good, mate. Toronto All-Stars <laughs> game, mate. The Toronto All-Stars game. That was all that mattered. <laughs> That's it. Way, way back. Home run derby, I think. Home run derby. Home yeah. run derby in the All-Star game. Ago. It was. It was. Yeah. A very long time ago. I could still oh. throw I still throw to uh first to second back then. <laughs> I can't do that anymore. <laughs> All right, mate. Appreciate your time. Uh no, good luck in retirement. We uh look forward to what's next for Trent. Thanks, guys. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, Randall, that was good to have Trent on, mate. Uh, absolute legend of the sport. Uh, Great career, gentleman. mate. 
great career he had. Yeah. And it was awesome to be down there on the weekend and actually see that they did his uh, presentation in between the game, the double header on Saturday. And yeah, like I said to him, getting that hit and then coming out of the game to to finish it off on the Saturday night that and, and a win. Uh, that was that was that was next level. That's great. Deserves yeah, always a hard out. Just a really nice swing and was always good behind the dish when he was when he was catching. Uh, I, I just love his attitude, mate. Like, you know, if you, if you get cut or whatever, you got to work harder. Like, I just, yeah. I wish more more young people would would hear that and and understand. You know, okay, yep, I, I didn't make it, or I, you know, I, I wasn't good enough this time. But instead of you know kicking rocks and getting upset, what did I learn from that? How can I get better for next time? Yeah. Yeah, great mindset, mate. It, it is, mate. It, it, it's a winner's it's a it's a winner's winner's uh, mindset, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Absolute legend. All right, NFL playoffs have started. Sure have. I, you, I know you probably didn't get too much in over the weekend. No, I, I got a little bit. Um, while I was uh, down in down in Sydney watching some baseball, um, there was yeah, like I said, a bit of rain delay, so I was trying to watch it a little bit on my phone. Um, Kansas City, twenty-seven, defeated the Jags twenty. Is a bit closer than we expected, I think. Yeah. Um, KC certainly didn't have it their own way, did they? No, they didn't. Uh, the highlights video is just popping up. I don't know if you heard that. Yeah, uh, I did actually. <laughs> mate, I only seen some highlights. Uh, yeah, they're through. That's all I can say. No, well, that's it, mate. You're exactly right. They're through. They got their job done. Um. Good on them, you know. Yeah. They'll, be, they'll be better next week. Um, Eagles, 38, defeated the Giants, 7. That is a massive score. Um, the Eagles are just way too good. Yeah. They scored two touchdowns in the first quarter. They had two touchdowns in that second quarter. The game was all but gone by halftime. You know, they just they ran all over, ran all over the Giants. I think the Giants were probably better than anyone expected the week previous against uh, the Vikings, I think it was. Yep. Um, and yeah, they they couldn't match it with the Phillies. Um, oh, sorry, with Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> Talking baseball again. <laughs> um, the Bengals twenty-seven defeated the Bills ten. How good is this? Uh, uh, T.F. Hudson, if you're listening, how good is that result? I just just want to say that. No, yeah, seriously. Again. I I I picked the um, Bengals. You. Took the bills. Um, I think you took the bills, didn't you? Yeah, mate. I I thought that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. It was all class. It was. It was, mate. Um, it was probably um Joe Mixon was probably the uh, the difference maker. He um, what did he have? Twenty carries for 105 yards and and a touchdown. So, other than that, there wasn't. There wasn't too much difference between the two teams, I don't think. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was he was good. I thought. Um, again, Bengals will probably be better next week. They probably weren't at their best. Um, and then for, uh, 49ers, nineteen defeated the Cowboys, twelve. Uh, did you see any of this game? A little bit. Just answer this question. How's the kicker going? Oh Has man, he strung up. You had a what? Oh well. I can't believe he missed the extra point again. Again, they scored one touchdown and he and he missed the kick. 
Yeah. But but in, other than that though, they were just sort of going along in threes. So he, he was getting his field he was getting the field goals. That's all that matters. Um it was fourth quarter. A touchdown yeah. in the fourth quarter to the 49ers that that um locked the game up for him. Other than that, it was pretty tit for tat. Um a couple of notable plays. Um Kittle with a with a did you see his juggle catch? Yes. That that was that was pretty. Crazy. Yep, got him a first down. Um uh, what did he have? Uh, five five receptions for ninety five yards, Kittle. Yeah. So that's you know that, that was pretty handy. Um, for the cow for the cowgirls. Um, but Dak got picked twice. Yeah. Um, he did throw a nice long ball there. He did that, right at right at the end. Yeah, that was that oh, was a great mate. Pass. Drag your toes, champion. Yeah. You know, meant nothing in the end. Um. And they seemed to get. They went to CD Lamb a lot. He had he had ten receptions for 117 yards, so almost the same amount of yards as Kittle with double the amount of uh, receptions. So, you know, they they pumped him. I, I think they struggled to find yardage again. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll make it. It's a big setup for next week. I think for 49ers, they're they're going to have to step up. Um. Yeah, so moving on to the next weekend. Yeah, 49ers and Eagles at uh, 7 a.m. our time here. On a, on, on the Monday. On Monday. Beautiful. I think the Eagles are uh, going to give them an absolute shit burger, but I hope I hope the 49ers play like they have been and and score some you know, score some points because um the Eagles are going to come out absolutely flying and and score yep. a million as well, so I think it would depend on how Purdy handles it too, won't it? Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't think he's been phased at all. No. Uh, he was shut. Uh, he was shut down a fair bit on the weekend. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We just, I guess we just have to wait and see what the defensive line. Yeah. What and their the, game plan is. And the next game, mate, will be on at ten thirty. The Bengals and the Chiefs. As we know, I'm a massive Chiefs fan, but I think the Bengals are going to get them. I think it'll be uh, Bengals Eagles. Uh, Super Bowl and Bengals to win, mate. Yeah, right. Okay, I'll... I think they're gonna cool. gonna win both weeks. I'm not a hundred percent sure here. Um, that's uh, I'm struggling to. I'm going to go the opposite. I'll go the 49ers and the Chiefs. Yep. Um, for no particular reason at all, just to be just just to be different. I'd love to see the 49ers and Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Um, I think that would be really cool because Brock Purdy has a little bit of uh, Patrick Mahomes in him, I reckon. Yep, yep. Agreed. Um, plays pretty similar. So, anyway, that Bengals Chiefs, I think that's going to be a that's going to be a cracker of a game. Yeah, I think yeah, for I sure think Mahomes and and Burrow up against each other. I think that's going to be huge. Yeah, I'm excited for that game. Actually, really excited. It will be really cool. All right, mate. Um, let's move on to the ABL. ABL. Uh, Playoffs starting this weekend. You watched a fair bit on the weekend uh, down live in Sydney, as, as we talked about earlier on. Uh, there's going to be some quality baseball, mate. Adelaide and Auckland, uh, three-game series, and Brisbane uh, play Perth Heat up in Brisbane now. I think Brisbane is sold out already. Yeah, right. 
which is pretty cool to see. Um, what are your thoughts on on what team's going to go through, mate? This is going to be a well, we'll epic series. Go to the easy one, and I'm going to say Brisbane over Perth. Um, I say easy one, but you know Brisbane have been clear and clearly the better team all year. All year. Um, mind you, they they've been playing in the in a different division, so you know they have. It's not like they've played Perth a couple of times or anything like that. So who knows? Perth are, still have a lot of ability, and they. They could easily take that series. Yeah, um, I think it, it'll depend on, yeah, d- depend on who turns up over the weekend. Yeah, um, Auckland, Adela- Adela- Adelaide, um, uh, tough call. Um, I've like you said earlier when we we're talking talking with Trent, Auckland have played a really nice, a really exciting style of uh, baseball this year. I think. Um, They've been fun to watch. Yeah. So it'd be great to see them, but I think Adelaide will be too strong. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Adelaide will do them. And, uh, mate, I'm going for the upset. I'm going Perth over uh, Brisbane. I think you're right with Brisbane have been, obviously, at the top of the table and, you know, the most wins in the league. But uh, I, I think they've had a little bit better of – Opposition um, going through, so yeah. yeah, we'll see. Time will tell. Um, it's going to be two good series, that's for sure. Yep, definitely. I agree, mate. That's yeah. Oof. I think it's good. Again, like like the NFL, I think it's going to be good viewing. Yeah, mate. The yeah, there's going to be plenty of baseball on NFL on on the weekend. That's for sure. Hey, uh, let's quickly touch on the. NBL now, uh, the basketball league, there's been a bit of a change in our ranks here. Sydney uh, Kings are still top of the table. Now, Cairns have moved into second um, place. They've knocked down the New Zealand breakers. Now, the New Zealand team have lost four in a row, um, and they're getting towards the, I guess, the tail end of their season. And Tasmania have jumped up into fourth place, so... There's been a little bit of uh, shuffling around the table in the NBL. Um, and the last Sydney Kings home game uh, that was played, sold out. It was an absolute banger. There was people everywhere. So it's really good to see that these National League sports are getting filled uh, in the crowds. But, yeah, basketball, uh, yeah, every kid wants to play basketball, mate, and it's great to watch. Yeah. Um now your young blokes playing basketball, Randall. Yeah. Uh, have you had a talk about getting down to one of these Kings games or what? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Uh, actually, the, the sister-in-law and her husband took took their kids down. Um, I think they were second row back from courtside or something like that, and they absolutely frothed on it. They loved it. So they're 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 a fair bit younger. Um. But yeah, that they thought it was the best thing since sliced bread. So there has been a little bit of pressure, but you know we've been, we've been flat out, even just getting to an ABL game. Yep. You know, so much on at the moment. So I'd like to, I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to go and see the the Hunter Pirates. Oh, hang on, then. Newcastle Falcons. 
Newcastle Falcons, whoever they are. I wonder if uh, Fat Elvis, the, uh, <laughs> the defense guy, is still there. Yeah, no. So we'd like to we'd we'd like to go down to a game. Oh well, the kids would like to go down to a game. Um, yeah, it just seems to be that age that age group, that sort of demographic where those kids just just love basketball. Yeah, for sure. Hey, while well, we're talking about the kids, let's uh, finish off on the summer sizzler, mate. Osball tournaments. Uh, I've got summer sizzler under twelves, fourteens, and sixteens. Um, we're going to touch on the under fourteens because it's up here in Newcastle, and we've sort of been the last few days. What an absolutely uh, amazing bunch of kids! Now, over the last three days, I watched day one, doing some video, and got to see a few kids sort of shine on day one. Day two, they're starting to pick it up a bit. Day three's baseball was just absolutely awesome. Lots of kids throwing strikes, kids hitting the ball, not many walks, not many strikeouts, double plays. There was heaps going on. It just goes to show when these kids getting a lot of baseball in a row, how good it is for them. That's it. Uh, so much better than just a training session. You know, getting out there, playing the game, making mistakes, learning from your mistakes. Now, there's nothing better than than game situation baseball. Getting out there, playing the game, and learning. Yeah, I I, I stand by it, hundred percent. That that is how you get better. Yeah, play, play, play. Just want to um touch on before we go any further, mate. Boomerangs Baseball Club up here in Newcastle looked after the ground, the canine. Been absolutely amazing. The first day it rained, uh, the main diamond, they put tarps over all the bases, all the runways, um, and then moved it over to one of the little softball grounds um, on day one. And they've been back on that main diamond um, ever since. Um, Been absolute awesome to, uh, I guess, have them involved um, with the summer sizzler and looking after the grounds and the canine and stuff, and even umpiring as well. Um, So... Obviously a big part. So congratulations to that club. But yep. also uh, the team made at Osborne Tournaments, bringing this for the kids, giving them the opportunities to uh, play the game and, and meet some new friends. Now, we did some interviews today with some uh, young kids, mate, and there's some absolute firecrackers in there. And their their whole thing was about having fun and playing baseball with their mates and, and meeting new people. Uh, I think this is a great way for kids to get a lot more baseballing. That's for sure. Yep, hundred percent agree, mate. It was it was so good to see, and as we saw, a lot of those, a lot of the uh, feedback was uh, an answer answers to some of our questions. Were I get to just play baseball with my mates, I just get to have fun with my mates, I get to meet new people. I I love the baseball community. Everyone's supportive. Like, mate, that's what it's all about for kids, mate. I just, Get yeah. them out there, get them on the field, get them playing as much as they as much as they can. Mate, if uh if a club uh wherever you play in uh I guess in Australia, because the summer season uh, the sorry, the down under winter classic uh is for all over. There's a team from um WA, the Scrappers. So um if your club doesn't know about these tournaments, uh reach out to Osborne tournaments because uh, they'll be taking new members. Um, you still now. play for you, yeah. You still play for your local club. Uh, this is just a chance for you to get a little bit more baseball in and 
maybe play that level that um, you haven't played at before or, you know, you might play with kids that are from Newcastle or Sydney or Canberra or in for this instance, obviously, there's, you know, teams from um, WA going up and Melbourne. And I just think it's a great way for kids to uh, meet new people and uh, play some baseball. So it's been yeah. awesome. It's exactly like what exactly like Trent said earlier on, mate. Too, he talked about making lifelong friends from just playing, playing here or playing there, and that's what it's all about for for kids, mate. Just meet new kids. The way the world is these days with social media and all that sort of stuff, you can meet someone from from WA if you're living in Brisbane, and you know, and you can talk to them every day. Yep. You know, without a hassle. So, you know. Year in, year out, these tournaments will be great. All forum, all forums, get amongst it. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the championship game uh, is tomorrow for the under fourteens. I'm not a hundred percent sure who's in it. I think Canberra Cavs are right up there. Um, Southern Sea Dogs are also up there, um, mate. It was just, it's been awesome to watch. Um, and yeah, there's some young kids to watch in the future. That's for sure. They've had some great coaching as well. Um, they're playing some different rules uh, as well. So they're playing like a banana ball rule where it's win an inning. So if uh, your team wins an inning, it's one point. Whether you score seven runs or win that inning 1-0, still only one point, which is giving kids opportunities as well to, uh, I guess, pitch. If you, they haven't pitched before, you know, you might uh, throw a lot of different pitches so that kids get a run at, at all these different positions. Um, but also uh, one of the coaches I heard talking, um, it was uh, uh, Josh from um, the uh, Hounds. What, what are they called again, Randall? The Western Rock, uh, Northwestern Rockhounds. That's them. Mate, it, it was absolutely brilliant. Right, they've won the innings, but they're still batting. Go and get some hacks in. Go and swing. Have a have a have a dig, don't get a walk. You know, if you get struck out swinging, who cares? Have a have a swing. We've won this innings, and then it goes back to the next innings where they're talking about radio. We've got to score one run to win this innings. You know, when you're playing baseball, that's what you got to do. You got to win more than that. You got to win more innings than the other team. It was really refreshing to watch. Yeah, I think it's a great a great baseball mentality to get, mentality to get into some of these younger kids. You know you. You've got to go there, and you know, doesn't matter what the scoreline is. You need to win, and you need to win each inning. You need yep. to keep winning that that inning. The other team can, can go out and score five runs in the first, but if you come back and you win the next four innings, you're back in the game. Yeah, you know, good good mentality to have, and yeah, I, I love it. One of the games this morning, uh, Canberra Cavalry versus Sea Dogs. Um, the first innings, there was pitchers hitting spots on knees. There were hits to the fielders, fielders picking up the balls, great plays. The first two or three innings just went like that. It was absolutely brilliant to watch. It was ended up being three points to two, so three innings to two um, winners. And I, I think the Cavs end up uh, getting up this morning, but... It was really refreshing to see those teams from day one to day three, how they performed. Not only that, coaches were so laid back 
in how they, I guess, how they instructed the kids in what they wanted them to do. It's just really refreshing to watch. I really hope uh, a lot more clubs and associations get on board with it because uh, it's what we need in Australian baseball. Yep, that's it, mate. It's one one thing that I will say is uh, when you were talking about more kids are getting a turn because, you know, there could be this or that in an inning. You know, there might be a big inning and you can bring some extra kids on to do something they may not have, a position they may not have played before. These events are all-inclusive events too. You know, that most of the, I think 90% of these teams, there's no tryouts. It's not we're going to take the best 13, 14 players. It's the first 13 or 14 players to sign up, you're in. Yeah. You know, you know, if we've got 26, we'll put two teams in then. You know, yep. it's any kid that wants to that wants to go and play is 100% more than welcome. There's no worries about ability level or anything like that. If you want to go and have have a good time and play some extra baseball, get on it. Yeah. Love it. Another thing I want to add, mate, parents involved in the weekend have been absolutely awesome. Very chilled back and relaxed. Talked to uh, one of the Cavs dads today who's usually a coach during the year. He also looks after their high performance. It was really refreshing because he actually got to watch his son play instead of being his coach. And it was just cool that he could sit back and relax and watch his six or seven players that he usually coaches play under somebody else. And it was really nice to see. You just sit back and be a parent. Yep. And love the game. Yep. All right, mate. Let's leave it there. Been a good week. Yeah, hopefully you get better, Davo. I know you, you probably uh, won't listen to this anyway, but um, mate, I hope you get a few Bundys in and you yeah, can get can get rid of that uh, spicy cough champ. Rest up, Davo. Make sure you're still sick on Monday, mate, so you get the NFL in. That's for sure. You can't take that into the office, mate. Not on a Monday. Not when the NFL's on, all right? Just make sure you're better by Tuesday night. That's it. All right. Peace out, Randall. All right, mate. Thanks. See you tomorrow.